everybody. Welcome to this month's uh, airing of the Female Film Critics panel. And we're really excited today because I have with me Katie Stutzel. And uh, thank you so much, Katie, for coming on and talking with us. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So we'd like to do a new guest, get a chance to know you. And so why don't you introduce yourself and tell us how did you get started uh, in your love of movies? Hmm. Okay. So I'm Katie. Uh, I'm a film and TV critic uh, for inbetweendrafts.com, um, which is a very new site. So you should go read it. Yes. <laughs> once, you, once you're done watching this. Um, <laughs> I started like like movies or criticism? Uh, just in movies. Do you, do you remember the first movie you ever you ever saw? Oh, gosh. Um, no. <laughs> do you, do you <laughs> What's your first like film memory that really made like an impact a movie that you loved? Um, oh gosh, I feel like it was, there can be so many answers to this. I feel like, mm -hmm. but I, I remember, I think this was in second grade and I, um, it was like my birthday and so I had everyone over for like a sleepover birthday party thing. Yeah. And I wanted to watch, I can't remember if this was like the first time I was seeing it or if I had seen it and then wanted everyone else to watch it too. I can't remember that part, but I, I made everyone watch Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Okay. And for some reason, I remember that being like, like one of the first movies where I was like, this is a movie. <laughs> And I was, I was way, I was way more invested in the movie than my friends, to be honest. I was like, I don't really care if all my friends are over here. I just want to watch this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, a lot of formative early experiences with film for me were kind of what I call sleepover movies, mm -hmm. uh, watching with my friends. I, I'm, uh, I think older than you. Uh, so for, but for me, it was a lot of, uh, movies like, um, the cutting edge, a lot of like kind of more cheesy rom-coms, which continues to this day to be something I love, but uh, that was the kind of thing we would watch. Uh, or, or sometimes The Little Mermaid, Disney. I've always been a huge animation fan uh, my whole life. So Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid, those were definitely up there. But, uh, but yeah, girls just want to have fun. Uh, if we were being a little bit naughty, something like Dirty Dancing, my, I mean, my mom would never have allowed that, but maybe at a friend's house. Uh, when I was older uh, in high school, something like Clueless, I would love watching that with my friends. Um, that was a favorite. Uh, She's all that. 10 Things I Hate About You, stuff like that. Cool. Those are all good ones. Yeah. Yeah. I was always riding the, the rom-com train. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 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 yeah my parents didn't watch a whole lot of movies they still to this day don't and uh, uh and so it was more either something that maybe my brother recommended like monty python or you know something mm -hmm. like that that he liked uh or something that i heard about from my friends um and uh, jurassic park that was very influential mm -hmm. uh, for me i remember going to see it in the theater and just i saw it seven times in the theater mm -hmm. <laughs> it's it still holds my record of the movie I've watched the most in the theaters I don't know if I know wait I feel like I never go to the theater anymore I think that's partly because of COVID and partly because yeah it gets released onto 
whatever but dreaming yeah i'm trying to i feel like i definitely saw oh you know what don't ask me why i did this but i saw um once upon a time in hollywood four times in the theaters oh wow that's a long movie too (laughs) i know (laughs) i don't really know why for some reason it was one that i was like I want to keep watching this one. Uh, I don't know why. <laughs> I kind of have a joke about that movie that it's a lot of driving. There's a yeah. lot of scenes in the car. <laughs> there is. Yeah. And occasionally they get out of the car and walk. <laughs> There's a lot of walking, a lot of driving, yeah. and then on a horseback occasionally. He loves transportation. <laughs> yeah. I don't even like Tarantino that much. Um, for some reason. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, you said that you are the co-founder of in between drafts like how did that all happen um well it's a bit of a weird story we were um well all of the editorial board for in In between drafts wrote for the youngfolks.com which was a site that had been around for 10 years or so and that was the first site that I started writing for right out of college. Um, and then last year, it just came time for that one to shut down. I think it had it run its course. Um, and But we didn't want to stop writing. And so in three weeks time, uh, we, um, we created inbetweendrafts.com. And it's, it's basically the same staff as the young folks okay we just just started a new one that's that's basically what happened yeah so did you go to film school when first no I did not I went to um Truman State University which is in Kirksville Missouri which is very small town uh near the Iowa border um and I uh majored in creative writing and I was I was president of film club on Truman for like three years so there was definitely that tie-in but um yeah what did you do for film club just like watch movies uh, once a month or something like that oh man no we um (laughs) we it took a long time to like get ourselves together um the point was to like make films uh like short films and stuff Mm -hmm. the problem was we never had consistent um consistent membership so it's very hard to get a project going but at some point and I'm also not a very organized person and me and my friend um who was the vice president of film club at the time we I think we just had a hard time getting getting projects going and but I think it was our junior year or senior year I feel like it was senior year um, so the last year we finally got our shit together and, um, and someone, there was like a new freshman person who was very organized, who was like, uh-huh. I can help you get organized. So basically <laughs> we finally got organized and we didn't make, um, we didn't make one short film that first semester. And then the next semester we, uh, we did like a whole premiere thing for it and oh. was trying, was trying to get another film going, but at that point we were like, almost done we were like we're almost done <laughs> we were tired <laughs> last semester of senior year it was like yeah, yeah. anyway <laughs> yeah so did you have 
were you always thinking of going into criticism or were you hoping to actually go into like film film production direction uh film writing that kind of thing oh man you're asking the hard question (laughs) we Um, dig deep we dig deep yeah so yeah (laughs) the dream was always to like write for tv actually and I guess okay. that's, that's sort of the dream still, but you know what you have to do in order to do that? You have to actually write. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did do a lot of like script writing in college um, and it just didn't, you know, work out yet. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I will add the yet, but I've always been writing criticism since uh, mm-hmm. high school. Actually, I started writing for uh the school newspaper and it and doing reviews and stuff I actually think the first review I wrote was um <laughs> tales of beetle Bard book review which you know oh like, yeah from Harry Potter you know. yeah anyway um yeah it was very formative in my life but complicated now yeah are you a fan of Rachel's reviews? Do you look forward to Family Movie Night, female film critics panels, or the Talking Disney podcast? If so, please consider supporting the podcast by becoming a patron. As a patron, you get to access monthly events such as the watch-alongs and Q&As, where you get to talk to stars and find out the behind the scenes of the movie making industry. And you can pick what I review for Family Movie Night or even become a guest on the podcast podcasts and YouTube channels are expensive and I really, really could use your help. I would so appreciate it. You also get to be a member of the Facebook group where we talk about all the films that we're seeing and we have so much fun. Go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies and select one of the Rachel's fan tiers. That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. Me, I was more for high school. I mean, I loved Coolest. That was very influential for me. That was my favorite in high school. Um, and but I, I was more into theater in uh, high school. I mean, I still, I'm a theater critic. I still love theater and I, uh, I still love musicals, whether on the screen or on the stage. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was really, 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 really into Les Mis when I was in high school. Uh, I, they, the 10th anniversary uh, concert that PBS did had, had come out fairly right around that time. And I knew literally every word to every song if they had needed a swing to climb in for any part <laughs> when I was in high school I could have could have gone uh and I saw it uh, on Broadway uh when I was a freshman in high school and we got the choice we were on a um a choir trip uh choir competition trip because I grew up in Maryland so it wasn't like that far away from New York and uh anyway we um we had the choice of whether we would see cats or see Les Mis. <laughs> so I chose Les Mis. Les Mis sounds like the better choice. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I'm not a theater person, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you had said that you love dance numbers though on Twitter. I did say that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So would you consider yourself like a musical fan or just more of a, of a song and dance person? Um, I mean, I don't mind musicals. I don't hate them. Yeah. Like, some film twitter people do right uh, they're cynics um they're not like <laughs> my i'm not I, i'm never like oh my gosh like a musical i like i think when i tweeted that about dance numbers it's funny because i don't even like to dance um 
I'm not a very good dancer and yeah. very reserved. <laughs> Definitely an introvert anyway. Um, but I think like musicals are great and I like watching them. But when I tweeted that, what I was talking about, and this mostly comes from t- the TV world, but also in movies too. My favorite moments of dance numbers are in movies that are not musicals mm-hmm. and they um, just like show up. I think the best example of this is uh, uh, The Magicians TV show. Oh. Um, I don't know if you've seen it, but they mm-hmm. would randomly do they started doing like random dance it started off as random dance scenes or sequences yeah they moved into doing like full episodes of music like yeah. doing a musical episode as the scenes went on and i loved it <laughs> i think they yeah. did actually one of their first ones was a lame's uh dance number in season two i think oh cool um i think it is it called one day more is uh-huh. that yeah, yeah yeah it was yeah, that yeah. one and it was used for like a battle scene <laughs> oh that's so cool it was awesome and then in season three they do a full musical number and it's um one of the uh best moments from that episode is using under pressure mm. by queen um as like the final thing and speaking of under pressure after sun from last year also uses uh-huh. that another yes. like, movie which has like sort of a it is a dance number but not, it's not like a you know choreographed one but like another mm-hmm. good use of what i was talking about when i tweeted that yeah 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 i i noticed that you did cover a lot of television on the site and mm-hmm. i i watch a lot of tv movies but i don't mm-hmm. uh have time to get invested in many shows but um, <laughs> yeah, and out of your top 15, there was only two that I see. Oh, which one? <laughs> Heartstopper and Miss Marvel. Okay. I, see, I, I actually haven't seen Miss Marvel, but I did see. What's that on your, um, on your list? Yeah, but it's, it's, it's voted on by the, uh, the staff. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. 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 We do, we do like a ranked voting thing. So. Yeah, the shows that I watch, most of them are because I covered them on on Hallmarkies podcast that mm-hmm. I have. But uh, Sweet Magnolias, Bridgerton, Summer I Turned Pretty, uh, Dairy Girls. I love mm-hmm. that show; it's so funny. Um, I finally last year gave up on Emily in Paris and Virgin River. Uh, I just we're just not good, <laughs> uh, so I didn't have time. Didn't have time for that nonsense. But um, but yeah, I I just. I want to watch Acapulco. There were a couple other little shows in hidden in there that I watched, but but I just don't have a lot of time for uh, for television. Uh, yeah. It takes such an investment of of your time. I mean, I loved Arcane, mm-hmm. but that was more the year before. Yeah, I I didn't get into that one. Um, but yeah, TV is in such a weird state right now. I love TV. I I like covering TV more than I like covering films to be honest um mm-hmm. like the state of tv right now is so weird mm-hmm. um i'm i hate binging shows i was like, gonna ask you that what do you think of the binging model well obviously i think when it was starting to be a thing i was like oh my god i can just go on to the next thing how amazing yeah. um and but now i'm like as like things kept getting canceled you know over the years it's because of the binging model and 
because they just fall out of like public consciousness so fast and word of mouth like stops dead and word of mouth is how you mm-hmm. watch a lot of shows yeah. a lot of like the network stuff um from like the mid 2000s uh or or in the 90s too um my dog is at her the window so she might see something and start barking <laughs> just okay fair warning um <laughs> Anyway, so so I I hate it. I right now I like absolutely hate it and that is because um all of the shows that have been canceled in the past year especially by Netflix and then but also like HBO Max deleting mm-hmm. and canceling shit and like the most egregious yeah. thing right now or egregious I word sometimes anyway. <laughs> um is when I don't know if this used to be a thing, but I feel like I've been noticing it a lot, a lot more lately where they, they green light another season of something and then they cancel it and change their mind or they like green light it, film it, and then they cancel it. Yeah. That's the craziest part to me is when they, they, and then they just uh, decide to, to not air it for a tax write-off is bizarre. And it's really sad. Netflix, Netflix makes no sense to me anymore. Um, they like, don't, they just drop a bunch of content on their platform without marketing it. And then they're like, oh, you didn't get enough numbers in the first month of you being available. So we're going to cancel you. That is so annoying. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then they're, they claim, they blame it on the price of the show, but it's mm-hmm. like, that's your fault. If you, yeah. had, if you had kept it uh, under a budget, a reasonable yes. budget, then like, don't blame them for you giving them too much of a budget. Yeah, and I I don't I don't know what his name is, but I'm assuming it was like the the president of Netflix or whatever mm-hmm. said something about how um we have not canceled a successful TV show. I'm like, yes, you have. What is your definition of successful? If people yeah. loved it and enjoyed it, that is successful. I know what they're counting as successful has to do with money and numbers, but like uh, that is well, such a subjective term <laughs> well yeah and i feel like there used to be shows that network bosses kind of believed in and kept like kept on even if they weren't doing that well um because they knew there were a good show and then they eventually they would get the 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 fandom like arrested development or seinfeld mm-hmm. or you know some of these other shows that started a little bit rough and then like built built an audience yeah i and, missed and, it I miss the longevity of shows or like their potential because some shows don't hit their stride until like season two or season three. A lot of shows that I watched growing up, um, like had, or maybe didn't watch while they're airing, but like came to it eventually because of word of mouth. Uh, they're like, I would say that most shows, yeah, I would say the most shows that first season is, is a little bit rough. And definitely mm-hmm. pilots, you know, a lot of times feel really different than the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. Even something like The Office, the first season's not, they were trying too hard to be yeah. the British one. Parks um, and Rec, the first season is not that yeah, <laughs> Right, yeah, yeah. And so uh, I, even like The Simpsons, for example, the first season is kind of mm-hmm. weird and really different than the rest of the show. And I mean, that's a show that keeps evolving. It's pretty bit, it's actually more like seven, eight shows you know, it has these different eras. People think, oh, mm. it's, but if you watch the show regularly, you know that uh, it's, there's, there's really been completely different like eras and styles and everything of the yeah. show. So 
Um, it's kind of only a, a 32 year or whatever it is now um, show in name only mm-hmm. in the sense that uh, it's really quite different depending on when you watch. And, uh, and, but yeah, it just took a little bit of time. And if you didn't have somebody mm-hmm. who actually kind of believed in it, you know, we wouldn't still be having it for 30, over 30 years. Uh, And I don't know, I I think that that's a shame because I think we miss out on a lot of really good stuff because first of all, there's just so much content. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you saw that SNL skit uh, today that uh, was out there from last night about him. It was like a, it was kind of like a celebrity jeopardy, but it was all about, I watched that this morning, the Hollywood. Yeah. Did you see it? Yeah. It was pretty, yeah. It was pretty funny. I was dying when they were answering like from the seventies and the eighties, they like knew it immediately. Right. Yeah. All the biggest things in the 2020s. They didn't know what they were. I was like, like, that is a great joke. (laughs) Yeah. They're like name five movies, name three movies of the last five years, which of course you and I could do easily. But, uh, but for the average person, they might struggle. My dad would struggle for sure. Yeah. And it's not, sure. it's not like that those movies, movies are bad now or TV shows are bad. It's just that there's so much shit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And- we have so much content. It's impossible. It's, it's yes. impossible. Even in like specific genres, it's impossible to watch everything. Mm-hmm. Like I know there's good, uh, rom, rom-com type shows that I have like Zoe's extraordinary playlist. I really want to mm-hmm. watch that show. I just completely missed it because mm-hmm. and I'm sure I will love it it's got music it's romance I know I will love it but I just yeah. I just missed it and and there's mm-hmm. so many things like that yep which is frustrating <laughs> um and even in the, the 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 movies are a little bit easier because they're just a two-hour commitment and you're done but uh but still nobody can watch everything or review everything that's for sure yeah mm-hmm. yeah um so then let's talk about uh well one thing i noticed is your review of she said was Mm -hmm. almost exactly like mine which i really appreciated because i didn't see that many people with uh, with the take that you and i had of like Mm -hmm. yes well made well done but it's i just it bothered me that hollywood is giving themselves this pat on the back oh good job we got rid of this guy when they were all promoting him and all congratulating him and all their speeches working with him I mean, even people like jane fonda came out and said that she didn't say anything that she regrets not saying anything that and and there's so many of course like that and and so i just felt kind of like Ugh. And I also felt like it was weird that they introduced Carrie Mulligan's character as having like pretty severe postpartum mm-hmm. depression. And then like, it's not really addressed again. It's like, oh, she solved it from working a lot, I guess. <laughs> and I'm thinking, uh, that's not the way it works. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I had mixed feelings about it. I, I, I didn't love it. I, yeah. So here's the thing. <laughs> I did cry during the movie. There are some very powerful good... performances in it. Yeah, and... I I was surprised they didn't push Jennifer Ellie as supporting because I thought she was the best part as the um which one primary was she? Vic- she was the primary victim, the one that came out at the end who had cancer. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, she yeah, was she really was good. good. And then I don't remember the actress's name, but and she was only in one scene, but it was that diner scene in London. Yeah, Zahn's character, she was great in that yeah, one. She was scene. good. I agree. Um, like, and so those like moments made me cry, but 
As soon as the movie's over, Brad Pitt's name pops up as a producer. Right. You're like, what the fuck? That's a little awkward. This is so hypocritical. Um, And I know he's not, I know this isn't the only hypocritical movie like this, but like the timing of it was just so bad. I was like, stuff about Brad Pitt has been coming out for a while. And this is what he's producing uh it was just yeah it's so weird because it ends on like a like that moment where they hit publish on the thing and it's like oh yay they're heroes and um you know this change this started a movement i'm like well the movement dies as soon as someone like brad pitt's name is up on this thing yeah i feel well and also they they present them yeah themselves as heroes but then like certain people that were the actual heroes, like Rose McGowan, have ne- have never been able to like s- kind of resurrect their careers uh, yeah. from that, you know. And so I don't know, just the whole thing annoyed me about that. Also, also the timing of the movie coming out, like Carrie Mulligan's character, um, also presented as a hero, obviously. But the t- around the time the movie came out, that reporter had published an anti-trans article oh, really? in, in the New York Times. Yeah. I didn't so, know about that. Yeah. 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 I mean, I would personally rather, I think that Promising Young Woman is like tackles similar issues. And I thought it was, I thought it was better, but if you're going for Carrie Mulligan, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going for Carrie Mulligan, I would pick that, but nevertheless, yeah. um, I thought that was interesting. I was like, oh, sorry. Cause I felt like nobody was really saying that. I know. And then I saw some people. I was glad to see your review about the oscar nominations i kept seeing people tweeting about how she said it was like um what is the what's the term um snubbed yeah snubbed from it i was like why does people why do people want this nominated that would be so weird yeah i agree yeah <laughs> whatever right right well how did you feel about 2022 is in, in movies in general um i was very bad about watching 2022 movies in 2022 uh-huh. <laughs> um again like I've been a TV editor for a website for uh, like almost two years now. And so when I pivoted to that, um, Mm. my focus went more towards TV and covering TV. So I've been very bad about watching movies lately. However, (laughs) I am still part of critics groups. So when it comes to awards season, I'm like, okay, I've got to catch up. So um, I ended up watching most of all the ones I needed to watch to vote. Yeah, how'd you feel about the awards contenders? Um, there's like, like speaking of like Oscar nominations, mm-hmm. um, there's like really only I feel like there's only like five, four or five that I really like, mm-hmm. and I'm like excited about. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was a pretty underwhelming batch i remember just going through the screeners and just not finding a lot that i loved uh mm-hmm. there were quite a few animated films that i loved but that's I kind of my that's niche. the strongest um strongest category for me yeah which is interesting because the disney movies weren't that great but uh but uh i really loved the puss in boots sequel i loved uh i loved marcel the shell she's on i loved the guilty Morris. Pinocchio that was great uh so there was really quite the bad guys I thought was really fun 
So it was a strong group for animation. Uh, but as far as the live action contenders, I did actually really enjoy the Avatar, Avatar The Way of Water. I, I really liked that. Um, and Top Gun Maverick and RRR. Those are probably my favorite of the of the contenders. I really liked Decision to Leave, which didn't get in anything. Mm -hmm. That would be my snub, if I was going to say a snub. But what were you, you said there were five that you kind of like round five? I think there's five. I need to look on a list, but like <laughs> on the top of my head, um, well, I love everything everywhere all at once. And I'm it's good fun. if that one sweeps. Like mm -hmm. I will be so happy if that does. But like then I feel like there's just a massive drop off from that to like everything else for me. Um, I didn't really like Top Gun Maverick. Mm -hmm. Um Um, I didn't see Avatar. Um I liked RRR um what else what else is on the list <laughs> yeah I mean there's like banshees oh yeah did I did like that? banshees yeah I like that one I liked it until the till the fingers I just felt like there's no way this guy's <laughs> gonna do that it was just too much it was too well, much for me it's like a fable. And then the donkey made me I was like what it's like a fable tall tale type thing which is why yeah. I, I liked it I I in college I took a on like um irish literature class uh -huh. and we read a lot of stuff like that <laughs> so i was like yeah i like this um yeah it had some it, it did make me laugh and it had some good performances so mm -hmm. i i understand that one let's see what else i wasn't a big fan of the fablemans i didn't love it oh yeah i was like oh, yeah okay <laughs> i just it felt kind of phony to me i don't know I, I thought I was going to really like it, but I didn't really like anyone's performances except the main. Yeah. Kid. yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I liked that ending with John Ford with David Lynch. playing yeah, John Ford. That, that was, was the best part of the movie in my opinion. And the funny thing with the camera <laughs> at the end. That was mm -hmm. hilarious. I, I like yeah. that. <laughs> uh, what else is out there? A woman talking. Did you see that? I actually haven't seen that one yet. Um, I want to watch it though. Yeah. I, just, I haven't got around to it. It was when I when I I saw it at New York New York Film Festival, and I was like, "Oh no, this is going to be kind of preachy, and it's going to be." Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, but actually, then when I actually saw it, there was more nuance to to it than I expected. Mm -hmm. And and I have talked to a lot of people. A lot of my critics friends have read the book, and they they all seem to agree that it is like way better than the book. So I think that. Um, <laughs> Sarah Pauly did a good job of like updating it and added, adapting mm -hmm. to it. And of course the, the cast can't be beat. amazing cast. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, I, it was, it was actually pretty good, pretty good. Cool. And um, uh, Elvis, what do you think? Did you see Elvis? Um, I cheated on this one. I saw like most of it, maybe like half of it. My parents oh, had okay. it on one day and I had gone over to their house. So I just yeah. sat there and like watched it from, whenever I caught it to the end and uh, mm -hmm. yeah I'm just kind of tired of music biopics yeah I can understand that I thought they they tried to kind of make it a little bit different make it a give an energy to it that you didn't mm -hmm. see you don't see that often they uh they tried to answer I think some of the controversial parts they of his career um i know some people still weren't happy about that but i appreciated the attempt at least to kind of talk about that so uh, i i i i enjoyed it i thought it was pretty exciting and visceral and, and the filmmaking was 
was exciting. Uh, it's it's probably similar to Rocket Man, I think, in energy and, and, and feel. I, I loved Rocket Man. So yeah, like, Rocket Man was really like good. sit down and actually watch it instead of I mean half of it in the middle. It's definitely too long. It definitely feels bloated, like so many movies these days. But, mm-hmm. but still, I, I really enjoyed it. I actually haven't seen Triangle Triangle of Sadness yet. I need to see that. Yeah, that was the other one I hadn't seen either. Yeah, <laughs> I was just glad that the whale and Babylon didn't get included because they they were not for me. I not for me. The whale was so bad. <laughs> I hated the whale, and I'm like. <sighs> I like Brendan Brendan Fraser as much as the next person, but I don't think. I just wish this wasn't the movie that like brought him uh, back. Same. <laughs> I just feel like the whole thing needed more humanity. The way everybody yeah. treated each other, especially the daughter, uh, just felt like it was so cold. And the whole, ex- I'm like, what are we supposed to take from this experience? Just like, it's just yeah. pathetic and sad and and. I don't know. I just, I hated it. There's so many like topics into it too. Mm -hmm. I'm like, none of it is done with any nuance. I just felt like it was wallowing in misery for misery's sake. Like there wasn't anything kind of edifying or interesting or uh, something I could take with my life or just like, what's Mm -hmm. the point? Why are we having this miserable experience together? Why? Yeah. And I don't like, and I think it has a lot to do with the material of it. I don't think his performance is an oscar like worthy performance i agree i I think like he's fine and he's good even i guess but i think it's the material that just doesn't i don't think he i don't know it's 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 just just... i was mad watching it i was i was like (laughs) they're throwing so much into this with like no there's no point yeah, I felt like it was like watching an extended suicide. Like, uh-huh. what what are we what are we taking from this? Like, what's the point? Yeah, <laughs> but so mad, like, so uh, especially especially the especially the teenager. I just thought she was like, I am so tired of TV shows and movies where the where all the teenagers are are like sulking, miserable people with like nothing to offer and I understand that being a teenager is hard and it's a tough time and I remember struggling and not getting along with my parents and things like that but I wasn't like a monster I mean I don't I just I'm just so tired like we need we need teen stories that's what's so great about Heartstopper like a teen story where there was heart and humanity and 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 more of that he's basically fighting for his her humanity the whole time when no one is giving him like the yes like fighting for his humanity like there's a few moments with him uh the sister-in-law character that was like Like, probably the best relationship but still i don't know it was just i don't know masochistic i thought we in my critics group we also had it not we we have like best LGBTQ film of the year category and we had mm-hmm. it in there. And I was like, why? Just because the character is gay doesn't mean it's a good LGBTQ story. Like, <laughs> I agree. I it's, agree. It's just like misery on top of misery. Like you said earlier. Yeah. Why? <laughs> I agree. I definitely, I was so glad that didn't get nominated for best picture. Me too. I'm like, uh, I'm fine with him getting nominated, 
but beyond that and didn't she get nominated too the actress uh, who played uh hong uh chow yeah. did yeah which yeah she I'm did a good job with- i would have rather have her get nominated for the menu i thought i just yeah. like that movie so much <laughs> she better did. she was but, great in that yeah. <laughs> it was really good but uh but you just covered uh virtual sundance correct yeah i did yeah so how many so, movies did you end up seeing i'm still covering it actually i was uh, still they're still allowing you access no, I just haven't finished writing reviews. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. <laughs> Same when I just finished yesterday. <laughs> I just did my. I only so. ended up watching ten, which mm-hmm. I had like twenty three on my list. I should have known that was unrealistic because I didn't take any PTO for it. Mm-hmm. So I was mm-hmm. I was basically working an eight hour workday and then going home and and then watching movies, right? And, and then not having any time to write about them, which is why I'm still writing because of the the way they had them the way they had the virtual festival set up was uh they would like release a batch of movies at like nine o'clock on 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 one of the days in the morning Mm -hmm. and then they're available for 72 hours uh but then like the next day the next batch would be released so it's just like a bunch of movies whose access was slipping away and i didn't have time anyway (laughs) yeah i ended up watching 21 Wow. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable, hardy, or Hallmarky in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Hallmark Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. I watched um, three online that I just purchased mm-hmm. because I didn't I didn't get in as press this year, which was a bummer. But um, I did purchase three. Uh, so uh, I, I basically ended up seeing two movies a day, every day for the festival. Nice. Uh, so that wasn't too bad. There were, I know a lot of people that watched like over 45 movies a lot of my critic friends and I'm just like how how do you do that uh I've been to I've been in person to Sundance twice and it was in 2018 and 2019 Uh uh-huh and the first year I stayed for the whole thing uh because it was my first time there I didn't have yeah I wasn't working the job I'm working now so I so I had the time to be gone for two weeks yeah Um, and I think I only saw even though I was there for two weeks I only saw nine movies um, oh, wow. but it was it was because I had the the working press badge which means mm-hmm. you have to stay in the you have to stay in the waitlist line and like, oh, see if you yeah. can get in kind of thing yeah. and you can only yeah do- I heard that pass that is not very like helpful it's not you can it's only really be in one um one line at a time obviously so mm-hmm. but still it was a great experience um uh anyway and- i just can't imagine watching over 40 movies not only uh in 10 days not only that but they're like sundance movies so they're kind of heavy and you know like <laughs> deep 
like I do that during the Christmas season. I watch four, four to six movies a day, Mm -hmm. but they're like TV movies. So they're only about 80 minutes and they're like Christmas, you know, fun little Christmas movies. So like, I don't know. I just can't imagine. I don't know how they do it. The most I've ever done is 27, which, uh, is a lot. That was, um, uh, but I ended up disliking a lot of them. And now I, cause last year I, you know, it was a virtual festival. Mm-hmm. I just did not like hardly anything from Sundance this year. I mean, last year and this year's the opposite. I liked almost everything that I saw at least to like some level. And, mm-hmm. and even the one that I didn't like, I didn't like hate it. I don't know. So mm-hmm. I was pickier this year and I, uh, I really tried cause I had the locals pass, which is the yeah. only way to do Sundance as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you have the locals pass, you can go right up, you can go into anything you want to see that's in Salt Lake. Cause so I was never at Park city. I was in Salt Lake. And, uh, and so it's so nice because you don't have to decide what you're going to see as far as when you get a ticket package, you have to decide. Mm-hmm. She might end up picking terrible things. Yeah. And, uh, and so, uh, I, I, I will, I don't think I'll ever, ever even go if I don't get the locals pass, it's the only way I'm interested in doing it. Um, uh, because you could hear about something that day and be mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm going to go see it. Uh, yeah. and anyway, but my favorite of the festival was, uh, Judy Bloom forever, the documentary. Mm-hmm. Did you get a chance to see that? I didn't know, but I mean, I, on the surface, it's just like a simple get to know this famous person, you know, documentary yeah. that we've seen many times. But what blew me away about it, and I wouldn't even say I'm like a huge fan. I'm not not a fan. I just haven't read that many of her books. But um, what amazed me is these letters. I mean, she had thousands of letters that she got from teenagers and children over the years Mm -hmm. and then some people that she would correspond with regularly and back and forth for sometimes over a decade and I just thought that was incredible like it blew me away these letters I just can't believe that people wrote her these like incredibly personal stuff that you know I guess there must be something kind of therapeutic about writing to a total you know total stranger that you feel like you connect with because of the books Uh, but the fact that, that she wrote them back and that I just thought that whole was so impressive. It really reminded me of the Fred Rogers doc, which I loved mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was so good. Um, but then I also loved You Hurt My Feelings with uh, Julie Louis Dreyfus. I thought that was so funny. I didn't see that one either. Yeah, yeah. What was your favorite that you saw? Um, to be honest, I don't think any of them stood out as much as some from like previous Sundances, mm-hmm. but I think in my top were, um, theater camp. Yeah. The last one, one, my I, favorites too. The last one I watched was the stroll and that was really oh, good. Um, and I really like the eight mountains as well and polite society. Yeah, that was, it was fun. It was fun. It was a little messy, I thought, but, but I still enjoyed it. And I liked the fact that they made her kind of bad at (laughs) everything that she was doing until like the pivotal moment, of course. But, uh, but I thought that that was funny. I think that people, I wrote in my review that I think people that really love everything everywhere all at once will enjoy Mm -hmm. polite society. Yeah. I I think it was after I watched that movie is when I tweeted the dance tweet. (laughs) yes yeah because there's a dance number in that and I was like yeah 
it, it just seems like they have similar energies about them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I would say so. Yeah. Another one that I loved was Flora and Sun. I don't think this was available virtual. It, it wasn't. Was just... I was actually, at first I thought everything was available online. And then yeah. I, there was like a few I, I like wanted to see. And then it was like not available online. Mm-hmm. However, well, and, and Flora and Sun was, uh, was added really late. Too. Yeah. But I think there was more available online this year than there was last year. I remember mm-hmm. last year and actually I didn't get, I didn't get a press badge last, last year for Sunday. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to like buy some basically yeah. so, and, and like reaching out to people for tickets, mm-hmm. but, um, well, last year they didn't do, and- they didn't do in person. So, but there was, so there was a bunch that opted out of the festival rather than do the virtual. But they did it in person last year, Mm-mm. in no. 2022. No, they didn't. They canceled it last minute, which was very frustrating, uh, because all of us that had had spent our money on passes and they were going to try to not give us our refund, which was ridiculous. And they were like, "You can make it a donation." I'm like, "What?" And uh, and so yeah, we I ended up having to go through Wells Fargo to get a refund, <laughs> which is crazy. But I'm just uh, not remembering that, or maybe I'm thinking of South by there being like a lot of things that were only available in person and I can't not online. I remember if South by Southwest yeah. was just it virtual or not, but it yeah, it was because it was uh, it was right when the Omicron thing was happening oh. uh, for Sundance, and uh, so I I just felt like it was wrong of them to if because they had known about that way sooner mm-hmm. and to wait until two weeks before when everybody had their accommodations and their everything like if we're if we're willing to take the risk like we know everything and you've mm-hmm. done everything to keep it safe i i just i did not agree with it but especially to not give us refunds that was ridiculous yeah not even and, refunds yeah <laughs> like what uh, but, I, uh, I really i really miss um Actually, I covered 2021 Sundance, and I think that was one of the best festivals, actually. Even the one was really good virtual festival. Yeah, Yeah. they did that so well of like trying to like make it, um, you know, make sure yeah what what you can benefit from being in person and moving it online, like all of the um, yeah. They even gave out to some press. They gave out a virtual reality headsets things my friend Kristen got one uh to really like feel like you're there in the panel they they really thought of everything that year that was so cool and I covered a lot that year and um yeah I'm like and then I'm glad that like festivals are still offering a virtual option because I think that's just I think that's just how it should be like yeah you can get in person but I do but now that they're in a more hybrid, I do think they prioritize in-person stuff. So then the uh, the virtual stuff kind of gets like yeah. left. But I know South by Southwest isn't doing virtual this year. They're yeah, just, just I, doing in-person, which is a bummer. That's dumb. Like, mm-hmm. And I think TIFF, did they? I don't think they did last year or they didn't they do did. much. They, uh, they, it was offered virtually because I think oh, I was it? things yeah because i i didn't end up going to tip because or in any way because i was at d23 and they were at the same time but mm-hmm. i hope to go this year because D, d23 is every other year so mm-hmm. uh 
it's not going to be this year. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was interesting. I, I felt like of the films at Sundance, there was a lot of films about family mm-hmm. uh, and uh, kind of uh, families getting, whether it was uh, applied society or the Persian version or uh, Florence Sun. Um, all, there were just a lot of films about sort of unique families, different families. Um, you Hurt My Feelings is about a marriage and a family. Uh, and then I also thought there were a lot of kind of bittersweet romances this mm-hmm. year. Um, something like Shortcomings or, uh, or um, uh, Past Lives. Um, Lauren's Son would also categorize there. Oh, Fairyland would be another family story. Um, there were just, there were a lot. And Past Lives was interesting to me because I think it's really well done and I understand why it got a lot of praise out of, out of the festival. It's very well acted, very well done, but I found it extremely stressful to watch. And maybe it's just because I'm a traditional rom-com lover, you know? And so, uh, when she, uh, cause it's about this for people listening, it's about this woman who, uh, ends up reconnecting with her, high, uh, not high school, her childhood crush and, uh, who comes over from Korea and she's married and, and her husband was so fun. I loved her husband. And so the whole time I'm watching, I'm just like, don't cheat on your husband. Don't cheat on your husband. Please don't cheat on your husband. And it was so stressful <laughs> and she doesn't spoiler alert, I guess, but, but she makes the right decisions. But I found that even though I thought it was very well done, I found the whole experience to be very stressful. It's <laughs> like, no, 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 no. Anyway, <laughs> I missed that one. I didn't get to that one. I but it, 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 I think I'd actually enjoy it more in the second watch because now I know, you know. So maybe mm-hmm. I just made it more enjoyable for be <laughs> 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 as stressed as I was. <laughs> um, yeah, and there was another family movie, uh, the Menista, the one with Penelope Cruz. That was a family movie. Uh, Blue Back was a family about a family, mother and daughter. Uh, so aliens abducted my parents. That's with family movie. Ooh, I had that one on my list, and I didn't. Yeah, get I was so mad. It was good. I liked it, and it's fun because it's filmed all right here in Utah. So that was oh, like, cool. that was fun for for me. But uh, but yeah, it's it's interesting when you see these kind of trends, and it'll be interesting to see how. I'm always fascinated about Sundance because you never know how when it's released in. Uh, in everywhere how people will think about them you know that will it will it be just in this Sundance bubble that it's mm-hmm. kind of loved uh or will it be embraced like everything everywhere all at once was mm-hmm. yeah. yeah I really um I really liked the eight mountains and I feel like that sort of got mixed reviews but yeah I didn't see that one did you you didn't see that one Mm-mm. it's a little long um and I think the beginning is a little bit slow but once you get to like the older versions of them, it's mm-hmm. really cool. And I also liked, I really liked, um, it's about two friends who kind of have a falling out over the years and then they like meet back up later in the same town that they met. And um, uh, their falling out was kind of like, it was kind of like went with a fizzle, but they never stayed in contact with each other. Mm-hmm. um and then they have to like build this house together uh oh. in the mountains um and 
uh i didn't see that uh, one i I read his name wrong but luca marinelli he's from the old guard i love him Mm -hmm. um but he's (laughs) in it and i i i loved his character because i thought it was a good cool like representation of people who are like in their late 20s like mid 30s who still haven't figured life out which is okay but he's like definitely like I don't know what I'm doing and uh, I don't know I really liked that because I feel like I don't know I just haven't seen a movie like that in a while always like in your late teens early 20s you need to figure stuff out right not always true and so and plus and then it was about their friendship too and Mm -hmm. I don't know I really liked it yeah. Well, the other one that I loved was Radical. Uh, I've always really enjoyed Eugenia Derbez, even something like the Overboard remake. I just think he's very, very likable and charming. And this, it it wasn't like new as far as the story. We've seen all these inspirational teacher stories before, but I thought it was very well executed, very well done. I thought all the kids were really good actors. And uh, I, I just really thought it was moving and a good story. Yeah. Uh, you said you like theater camp right yeah i did yeah i really that's my number four favorite i think that was that's definitely at the top for me yeah it was so funny it was, it was also, so funny it took me a while to realize it was a fake documentary because i because i don't think they did any like interview shots mm. which i feel like most mockumentaries do like the the what do they call them just like the interview portions of it you know like the office yeah. and parks and rec i don't think this movie did any of that so then i was like oh yeah this is a fake documentary but well, it was and, so funny and i guess like a huge portion of it was improv which can be terrible you know mm-hmm. it can really backfire but they did a good job these people are all pros the, the only thing about it i really wanted more of io's character mm. Yeah. kind of there and I was like I want more <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway it was yes like- so it was it was a really interesting Sundance very good I would say a very strong year for for me at least and uh, and I don't know if I was just in a better mood than last year <laughs> I don't know but uh but anyway uh we are kind of already talked about unpopular opinions and things that we had so but we like to end with talking about something that you're proud of something that you wrote or or you know, a podcast you did or whatever that you think that was good i did a good job with that one well do you have mm-hmm. anything that came up that you were thinking of um okay I'm, i am gonna do a plug and i am proud of this although it's very it's very new we only have one episode out and i have one <laughs> the second episode in my in my google drive that yeah. I posted but um over at in between drafts we are we have a tv podcast called between tv and it's a monthly podcast so we don't come out super often and it's because i don't have time to commit to anything else Uh Um, but we do talk about like what's the biggest thing in tv for that month um but also we're, we're gonna have like a bunch of other types of episodes like the one that's about to come out is a segment we want to keep doing which is called new to me tv and this is like brand this is like a branch off of uh people come to tv shows at their own time yeah uh, don't listen to netflix <laughs> um when they're like you need to watch everything within the month that they come out I'm like that's not how it works okay yeah 
So these are new to me TV shows and me and my co-host talk about the things that we've watched. Yeah. That are probably like older things or things we just discovered, that kind of stuff. Um, so I've had a lot of fun covering older shows. I, I, during the pandemic, my friends and I, we covered uh, the nanny. We, did the, we called it the Fran cast. And uh, I was a huge fan of that show uh, yeah. growing up. And so it was really fun to revisit it for the, mm-hmm. it was like the perfect project for the, uh, yeah. for the uh, pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, lately I've been revisiting Dropped a Diva, which was a show that I loved. And, and so it's been fun to rewatch that and re- recapping it for all Murky's podcast. Uh, and uh, so sometimes it's, yeah, if it's new, if you've never seen it, then mm-hmm. it's new to you, as you say. Yeah. Uh, so that's very good. Uh, this is just like a little silly thing, but I was trying to think of some way that my coverage of Sundance could stick out and be unique. Mm-hmm. And you know how much I loved uh, Marcel Shell with mm-hmm. shoes on. Mm-hmm. It was my one of my favorite movies of 2022. And I have this little Marcel figurine. Mm-hmm. So I thought it would be fun to basically have Marcel go to Sundance and give Marcel's response to the to the uh, movies and uh, and I, I'm no Jenny Slate I'm not going to pretend to be but <laughs> I had a lot of fun like doing that and coming up with it and I that's thought cool. it was pretty creative coverage so I was proud of that that's cool like a flat yeah. Stanley <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> I loved I loved Marcel too that I was like pleasantly surprised by that I was not expecting it to be so funny yeah, me too <laughs> and so heartwarming when he finds yeah. his family oh yeah I loved it. So good. Uh, so yeah, that was something it's hard to think of something that will be fun. You know, that it's, it, it, I was kind of hoping that it might like get picked up and go viral a little bit. Cause I just thought it was creative, mm-hmm. but it, it didn't, which is fine. Uh, but, uh, but it's hard to think of something creative that you could do that hasn't been done to death yeah. uh, on social media, at least. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, well, very good. Well, thanks so much for coming on talk with us. This was a lot of fun. And, uh, and why don't you tell people how they can follow you on socials uh, and your site and everything? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Katie Pretzel. Um, yeah, like pretzel, like the salty snack. And then um, Katie is spelled K-A-T-E-Y, um, not I-E. That's a different kind of Katie. Um, and then the website is in between drafts.com. Great. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. And make sure you also follow Hallmarkies Podcast. We've got lots of fun stuff going on over there. And I'll put the playlist for all the female film critics panels episodes uh, in the description. So make sure you check that out. And you can follow uh, you can follow me on social media. And then also if you're listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. That really helps a lot. And if you are watching YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have our patron group, which is a lot of fun and the merch store. We can get the female film critics panel logo uh, merch on there, which I just think it's a real cool logo. So check that out. And uh, thanks again, Katie. This was so much fun to get to know you better. And uh, we'll talk to y'all later. Bye everyone. Bye.